When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. everyone and welcome into wake and take it's your boy jason and boy do we have some football to talk about today tons of news has broken this morning whether that be deshaun watson being out for the season or justin fields likely returning this week there's other news as well to discuss so we'll be covering those topics we'll be covering more topics so why don't we sit back relax sip our coffee and enjoy the show welcome in everyone good morning i am luigi on instagram good morning chef on youtube saying let's have a good day somehow chef you should have a good day every day i hope everyone listening always has a good day i know that's not always possible but let's go with some positive attitude today let's have a good one let's have a good one I want to start things off. I want to start things off. Uh, good morning, Anthony. Uh, with some <laughs> with some weird stuff. I've got some weird news that I, that came across last night uh, in multiple ways, in multiple fashions. Uh, I was like, oh, this, this is some interesting stuff. So if you're not on YouTube, maybe come check it out because I'm going to be showing something real quick. But either way, I'm going to describe it. It doesn't really matter for the podcast audience. But here we go. This... This is Jamison Williams' Instagram story, and that is an Oreo McFlurry poured on top of a McDonald's double cheeseburger. That is the meal of Jamison Williams last night. And I think what brings this whole this whole thing home for me is there's just no text. It's just Jamison Williams posted a picture of a McDonald's double cheeseburger with an Oreo McFlurry poured on top of it. And he was like, yep, that's good content. That's what I want everyone to see. <laughs> Just weird to look at. I don't know if anyone does this. Don't mean to knock it, you know, you know, I mean, people like things, but it's just a weird, just a weird thing to see posted on Jameson Williams' Instagram story, especially with like kind of everything going on. I mean, he hasn't been performing well on the field uh, outside of really, really good blocks, you know, still making drops and stuff. So, uh, you'd think, you know, he'd maybe eat a little bit healthier, <laughs> maybe just a little bit healthier than this. But hey, you know, we all need some McDonald's from time to time. So this, ladies and gentlemen, is Jamison Williams McDonald's meal of choice. That's a double cheeseburger with an Oreo McFlurry. Uh, if you thought that weird, it, get, it gets even weirder. You see in the show title here that we're talking about Patrick Mahomes superstitions. Would you believe me if I said Patrick Mahomes has worn the same pair of underwear for every single football game he's played in since his rookie season. Well, you should believe me because this is 100% too true. There's been a bunch of reports on this. Patrick Mahomes was gifted a pair of underwear from his wife, Brittany Mahomes, his rookie season. And he has worn them for every single game. 
And Patrick Mahomes goes on to say that they're not worn down, they're not nasty, and he says that he washes them occasionally. He says that for the most part, he washes them, but if they go on a winning streak, he does not wash his drawers. (laughs) He has some nasty underwear that he'll play in every single Sunday or Monday or Thursday or whatever. That is what Patrick Mahomes does. And in case you were wondering, Chad Henney has confirmed. Chad Henney has confirmed that they are red and that they are either Hanes or Lululemon. So I'm picturing Lululemon, to be completely honest. I can't imagine this NFL star is wearing Hanes underwear every Sunday. But maybe he is. (laughs) Maybe he is. But either way, Patrick Mahomes rocking the same pair of red underwear for every single game. If a report comes out, In a couple weeks that Patrick Mahomes has lost his underwear, look for the Chiefs to start stumbling, as that is his superstition. And what makes the Chiefs so good is his stanky-ass underwear. (laughs) But we've got some actual news to talk about. You guys don't want to hear me rant about McFlurries. You guys don't want to hear me rant about Patrick Mahomes' red Lululemon underwear. You want to hear me talk about Deshaun Watson. Deshaun Watson this morning is undergoing season ending shoulder surgery. As we all know, he's been battering injuries all year. And in last week's game, he picked up a couple injuries, had to go to the sideline, came back out and, you know, won the game. There are actually some reports. The Cleveland Browns Twitter account tweeted this, and I'm sure their Instagram account as well. The, the, the information on this surgery, basically what happened after this game is that Deshaun Watson went uh, into more tests. A, they found he had a high ankle sprain, which is never good. And then they also found that he completely broke his shoulder in this game uh, against the Ravens in a game where he came back and played and led the Browns to a comeback. So I'm honestly going to give Deshaun Watson a round of applause for being able to do that. I mean, that takes some serious effort to be able to gut through a broken shoulder and a high ankle sprain and then to be able to come back and beat the Ravens. I mean, that's 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 some tough stuff. So so to see him do that, that's pretty neat. Uh, And, you know, sense some sort of confidence going into the future that Deshaun Watson can return to a high level in 2024. I've got to say, though, I mean, this is now back-to-back seasons of Deshaun Watson only playing six games for the Cleveland Browns. This is easily going down as one of the, if not the worst contracts of all time. And not just that, but probably one of the worst trades of all time doing all this for Deshaun Watson. And, uh, you know, now they're probably out after beating the Ravens, right? probably locking themselves into playoff contention with that win. I mean, they're in the wild card right now, but still pulling that win made it so much more open for them. And now they're going to have to try to make that push with PJ Walker. And I mean, that's a concern. Yes. PJ Walker led some wins and had some, you know, good plays and everything, but it's, it's not the same, right? This, this Browns offense is definitely going to take a hit. I'm going to say this for the most part, I think the floors stay relatively the same for like the studs, like Amari Cooper, David Njoku, Jerome Ford, of course, like those guys relatively unchanged outside of their ceiling, though. When it comes to their ceiling, it is definitely hampered when it comes to P.J. Walker. Uh, This is going to be a definitely a different offense, and there's just going to be less pass volume, as we saw earlier this season. That's just how it's going to go. We did see Njoku have a couple good good games. We saw Amari Cooper have a couple good games. We even saw Elijah Moore have a good game, Uh, but... Not much outside of that. And I would be saying if I'm a competitor and I'm stuck with some Browns on my roster right now, I would be looking to offload them for a rebuild to a rebuilding team if possible, because it, it's it's just going to be tough to want to rely on them. I mean, sure, you can if you have to. Right. I mean, there's still going to be 
times where you're like, okay, am I starting Amari Cooper or am I starting Michael Wilson? Maybe, you know, like that kind of question is what you'll be asking yourself. And so avoid that headache. I think if you are competing and you're stuck with like a David Njoku, you're stuck with Amari Cooper right now, you could maybe try to get just a, a draft pick or another wide receiver or something to help you put you over the top for your playoff contention, because I would be a little bit concerned about rolling any of those guys out with PJ Walker, even if we saw like, okay, games, right? Even if we saw okay games, it's just not going to be the same. And you can't expect anywhere near the same ceiling. I will say this though, Jerome Ford, I think completely unchanged. I think he's still going to get the exact same amount of volume. He's still going to be just as productive. Uh, and I mean, I wouldn't be looking to move Jerome Ford at all. If anything, you might be able to buy him right now. People might be a little bit concerned. Now, I mean, you might lose some touchdowns, but I mean, we just saw him go for 100 yards last week, uh, and we've seen it really all season with Jerome Ford where he's playing really well. So I think that Jerome Ford is still somebody you need to roster and still somebody you need to start. And so if he hits the block for some reason, I would be looking to take advantage. I think that he is going to be someone that you can get for relatively cheap that you can still rely on in this offense. Everyone else, it's going to be a bit tougher to do so. So those are my thoughts on the Deshaun Watson injury. Uh, hope he can recover, I guess. Uh, I saw some good comments. You know, man just can't stop laying down on the table. Uh, you know, he's, of course, going to get run through the ringer for this. But that's football, too. And to see him, again, tough out the, the injury and come back and beat the Ravens shows to me that he still does have some heart and still wants to play this game at a high level. And he's not just doing this to, to get the money. Like, he, he is actually injured. I saw another report that the Browns doctors came out and said that literally if he were to be hit in that same shoulder again, like his shoulder would be irreparable. So uh, it, it was a really bad injury and he has to do this. It's not a, it's not the, it's not the, I'm just trying to get a payday injury. Like Deshaun Watson is hurt and uh, he will be back next season. Another quarterback that will be back, but much sooner is my man, Justin Fields. He is expected to be back this week. Uh, with after missing the last four weeks with his dislocated thumb. I think it's important to note that he probably would have played last week if it wasn't a Thursday night football game. He had been practicing for the couple weeks prior and was trending towards being able to play, still made it up until game day before officially being ruled out. And as we've said a few times on this show, if a player misses uh, or doesn't go on IR and is missing, you know, three weeks, then usually that fourth week is when they're going to come back because then it wouldn't have made any sense for them not to put him on the IR in the first place if he's just going to miss four games. So to see him miss exactly four games uh, and knowing that last week was Thursday night football means to me that he's going to be full strength coming out against the Lions on this week. And so I'm firing up my Justin Fields wherever. I think he's going to be good to go. And hey, he's going to have some fresh legs too. So uh, Justin Fields, right back into must-start territory for me. I don't think he'll have much of a drawback at all. I want to say this. I want to go on a side rant here. Uh, Google is very annoying uh, sometimes. And I've got to say, I feel like some NFL stats should be much easier to Google. Uh, I wanted to just find historical you know, it, uh, examples of a quarterback returning from a dislocated thumb. So I was like, all right, I'm just going to Google NFL quarterbacks with dislocated thumb. And it was just four pages of Justin Fields. That's not what I Googled Google. If I wanted to know about Justin Fields' dislocated thumb, I would have said Justin Fields' dislocated thumb. But no, I wanted to know about all the NFL quarterbacks with dislocated thumbs so I could try to go research, figure out what they did upon their return. But no, if you just Google NFL quarterbacks dislocated thumb, you're just going to get a bunch of Justin Fields' results. 
Uh, and so I, you know, I, I tried to finagle it around, you know, you know, uh, historical examples of NFL quarterbacks with a dislocated thumb, nothing, still just Justin Fields. I did remember some finger injuries, right? So I looked up like Tony Romo to see if that was a dislocated thumb. It was not, it was a broken thumb. Uh, Russell Wilson, his was a broken middle finger. Matthew Stafford's injury was, uh, not a dislocated thumb. Um, or at least a less severe one, and he's returning this week. So I tried my best, tried to do my due diligence here, but uh, I, I couldn't. I couldn't. Uh, there, Google did not let me find. Well, I don't know why that isn't Googleable. Like I feel like some of these things, like, and in fact, it always comes down to injuries. It always comes down to injuries. I've been doing the show almost all season now, uh, all year almost, and it's uh, every time I Google, like, try to find the historical examples of an injury. There's no like list. So if anyone's listening, if any of my player profiler brethren you know any of the back end people are listening to the show right now and you can figure out a way to have a historical compilation of certain injuries i think that that'd be a really helpful tool i would like to know every quarterback that's dislocated their thumb i would like to know every running back that has torn their acl in a certain way i would like to know every wide receiver that's had a pcl sprain i want to know these things and i want to know how they played upon returning uh and there and there's no information that, like it is very hard to find that information so anyway uh, Justin Fields, he's going to be back to normal. That's my Google rant. <laughs> you guys got a Google rant out of me this morning. Uh, I feel like, you know, we have all this information at our fingertips and yet some of the simplest stuff is still not available. You have to jump through so many hoops to get the answers that you want. Now, more freaking news. We've had a great news day, guys. The Buffalo Bills fired offensive coordinator, Ken Dorsey. And I'm not going to lie. This one to me is more so just a fall guy. Lots of things going poorly in the Bills franchise right now, and they had to do something. They, of course, don't have a defensive coordinator, right? It's just Sean McDermott calling the defensive stuff. And so you just go to the offensive coordinator, and that is unfortunately Ken Dorsey. And I've got to say, I I don't like I don't think it's really his fault. Like the Bills, like I said, are just in complete disarray. Uh, they're top 10 right now in both points for and yards. First downs, passing yards, passing touchdowns, rushing touchdowns. I mean, really any important metric you can look at, the Bills are top 10 in it. And I know a lot of that's going to come from early season when they were truly dominant. But still, I feel like, you know, Ken Dorsey wasn't the issue here. I mean, he's been on the team since 2019. He was the quarterback's coach then. Then he moved on to be the passing game coordinator. And he was elevated to offensive coordinator last year. And the Bills were like one of the best offenses in the league. And they're still one of the better offenses in the league this year. The problem was just that Josh Allen kept throwing interceptions or, you know, Dal or uh, uh, God, why am I saying Dalvin? James Cook uh, is fumbling, right? I mean, it's just like all of these turnovers are piling up and that isn't the offensive coordinator's fault. And I definitely don't think that this new OC, they're bringing in Joe Brady as the interim, a guy who crashed and burned at the NFL level. He easily got a job because of his his work at LSU, although it was totally just having Joe Burrow, Justin Jefferson, and Jamar Chase on the same damn team. For some reason, Joe Brady is getting another chance. And I definitely can't say that Joe Brady's going to fix any issues or make this any better. Uh, it's a weird, it's just weird. Like, you know, you lose to the Broncos and you just get some overreactions from the front office. I don't know if Ken Dorsey really deserved this firing. If anything, it's just the Bills in general. And in case you're wondering, it is not, I repeat, not getting any better in Buffalo. Lots of people are saying the Super Bowl window is closed. Yeah, outside of this year, it's basically closed. The Buffalo Bills already, if you look at next year's just cap space, 
they are negative $42 million. They are $40 million over the cap next season with tons of defensive stars in particular, like Tredavious White up for restructuring. So there's so much that has to go right for them uh, next season that if they don't get it right this season, it's over. And they have such a hard schedule coming up, sitting at 500 now. It's, I mean, they'll probably eke into the playoffs, let's be honest here. Uh, but it's just, it's very concerning. And I don't think it gets any better. And in fact, good old Travon Diggs is being Odell Beckham's dad, right? We remember a couple of years back when Odell Beckham's dad was just screaming about how bad Baker Mayfield was and how good Odell was and how he's not getting enough respect, not getting the ball enough, not anything right? Trayvon Diggs comes out and says, Josh Allen didn't start going off till bro got there. And he's trying to free Stephon Diggs. This is kind of true, right? I mean, Josh Allen's breakout did come when Stephon Diggs came, but I mean, some other things went right too. I mean, it's not just Stephon Diggs. There are definitely some serious issues here with Josh Allen and the fact that he keeps throwing interceptions at a ridiculously high rate. Talked about the stat yesterday where he's thrown an interception uh, or lead the NFL in interceptions every year since 2018. It's a problem, but that's not an offensive coordinator problem. That's a Josh Allen problem. So it's just, he's a true fall guy here. Poor Ken Dorsey. Don't think he deserved it at all. I think that it was fine what was going on. Uh, it's just this whole team is in disarray. And I've got to say next season going into 2024, McDermott is probably landing himself on that hot seat. I mean, it, it's it's there's there's lots of issues on this team right now. And it's not getting better anytime soon. And Joe Brady's definitely not the damn answer. I don't, that is just so weird to me. Just so weird to me. But that is the Bills staying in the AFC East. Let's talk about Michael Carter. Michael Carter has been released by the Jets. And I'm just going to say this is probably good news for the Jets and probably good news for Michael Carter. I'm not going to lie here. I see a question here on TikTok, actually. And I, wasn't even planned to time this perfectly, but they had asked, do we stash Michael Carter? And I'm going to say, yes, I think that Michael Carter should land somewhere where he'll be used a decent bit. We saw a very explosive rookie season from him. And I think he still has some juice left in the tank. He's just fallen victim to a very unfortunate roll of the dice. You know, they bring in Dalvin cook, they bring in Brees hall. They, for some reason, get a breakout in Zonovan Knight last season. Uh, but Michael Carter does still have a decent skill set and has produced at the NFL level that I think a team could take a chance on him and he could become fantasy relevant as the season goes on. I know we've only got a few more weeks here, but still that's plenty of time for him to earn a role. And I'm definitely curious to see where he lands. I think it could be very, very interesting. So don't drop him yet. Wait to see who he gets signed by because he'll definitely get signed by someone. This is that time of year. So just, just look out for that. And again, I think it's good for the Jets too. Like I, I had this rant earlier this offseason about how really stupid it was for them to sign Dalvin Cook. They already had a really, really stacked running back room with Brees Hall. They drafted Israel Abanacanda. At the time, they had Zonovan Knight. At the time, they still had Michael Carter. I want to say they had brought in James Robinson as well. It was just so crowded and didn't make any sense. And so I like that they're freeing this up. I feel like they probably should have tried to get something for Carter at the trade deadline, even if it was a seventh round pick swap. Uh, but still, you know, he's gone. The Jets backfield becomes a lot more clear. I'll say this. I think you probably, I think you probably need to stash Israel Abanacanda. If I'm being honest with you here, Dalvin Cook has not looked good. 
And we've been seeing tons of these speedster running backs this season break out and look really good. I know we haven't seen much from Israel Abanacanda. In fact, we haven't seen anything from him even at the preseason level. But I think now he's RB3, right? And Michael Carter was getting some volume along with Dalvin Cook, along with Brees Hall. So I think we could start to see Israel Abanacanda start to get some carries as well. And let's say if Dalvin Cook gets hurt or if the unfortunate injury happens to Brees Hall, of course, not wishing for either of those. But then you're talking about a guy who's going to get a decent amount of volume. Now it's a bad offense. So that's an issue. But if you can get Israel Abanacanda cheap, you're in a deeper league and you want to uh, end a bench stash, I think that that could be an interesting one. Uh, as he does have a really good profile, he's really quick, and we've been seeing that prototype work perfectly this season for Keaton Mitchell, for Devon Achan. So who knows? We might have a third good luck charm here with Israel Abanacanda. Now, some more news, and the rest of these are very quick. So if you want to start asking some questions, go ahead. Uh, we'll get to those. But Nick Chubb did undergo successful surgery on his ACL. Uh, he had surgery earlier upon his injury. I believe it was the MCL or whatever. One of the other ligaments in his knee was repaired. They did not do the double repair at once for him. They did two separate surgeries as his knee injury was a bit severe, but it was successful. He's good to go. He should be back in 2024 along with Deshaun Watson. Kirk Cousins also uh, is now being seen in a walking boot, signifying that his, you know, his surgery went well. He's healing at a, at, a, at a rapid rate, and he should also be good to go next season. In fact, as we talked about with Kirk Cousins on Halloween, uh, the, the very day after tearing his Achilles, uh, he was still out at, at Minnesota at the, at the Viking Stadium doing some Halloween stuff with the fans. Well, yesterday he was wearing that walking boot at a Salvation Army uh, Thanksgiving event. He was giving out Thanksgiving meals with the team. So again, Kirk Cousins, just a stand-up guy. Love to see him still doing all of this stuff with the team despite being injured. It's just really cool to see. And that's why he's loved in this locker room. And that's why I do think ultimately he'll be back in Minnesota, even if it is a restructuring of some sort. Uh, I know he's due to leave, but I think that he could end up back. And I know that Josh Dobbs has been electric, but still this is Kirk Cousins we're talking about. We can't get caught in the hype here, at least not yet. At least not yet. You know, at some point I might say, you know, Josh Jobs might be the future of the Vikings. But for now, I honestly still think it's going to be Kirk Cousins. I think that this Achilles injury did open the door for him to be able to return on a cheaper contract. And I think ultimately that's probably what the Vikings and Kevin O'Connell want. And finally, Will Levis. This is just a stat I saw. Will Levis has already been hit the 13th most of any quarterbacks. He has been hit 25 times in only three games. All of the top 15, if you go look up the top 15 quarterback hits, you know, the quarterbacks that have been hit the most, all of them have played at least eight games. So less than half the amount of time for Will Levis to end up in the upper echelon of QB hits. Part of this is offensive line. But as I say time and time again, sacks and just quarterback hits in general are a quarterback stat. It does signify negativity to me on a quarterback if they're being hit that often. Again, Part of it is this offensive line, a lot of it. But also a lot of it is the fact he's not getting out, he's not throwing the ball away quick enough, uh, and he's holding it too long. So obviously, I mean, he's only played three games. Obviously, he's a rookie, and these things will get better. I mean, I had this actually, this exact same rant about Sam Howell earlier this season. I mean, he was the most sacked quarterback uh, by a wide, wide, wide margin earlier in the season, and I had complained about that. I mean, that's an issue. That's a quarterback stat, as I said. But he worked on it. He got better. And now we're talking about Sam Howell being a top five quarterback uh, right now in fantasy football, uh, at least in terms of season long points scored. 
So um, he needs to release the ball sooner. Will Levis will get better at it. Not panicking at all, but just an interesting stat to point at, out as, I mean, that's 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 being hit at an abnormal rate, to be completely honest with you. Uh, but yeah, he can't be blamed for his offensive line struggles at all. All right. Real quick, before I sign off, I do want to check in on the playoffs. But before we do that, let's hear from uh, let's hear about Battle again because I I told you guys I would hit you up with a link. We have that now, so just this is what Battle's about, and then I'll give you guys the link to sign up. Here you go. Oh, I see it every day online, every single day. Hey, that looks like a great fantasy team in an eight team league. Oh, wish I could be in a league with you, right? Well, guess what? Now you can respond with sure. Let's play on Battle. That's the beauty of this platform. This new Battle platform standardizes all position scoring so you just load your team and you challenge your friend your colleague twitter troll and you can browse other teams and issue challenges betel is revolutionizing fantasy football and with code underworld you get a 100 instant deposit match plus a free 10 dollars. so even if you deposit 20 you get 50 think about that so go to betel.com the code is underworld betel.com the code is underworld or click a link in the description. It's fun to be right. Ooh, my computer froze there, but that's battle fantasy. It's awesome. It's cool. And I'm hosting along with Seth Dewall, along with Matt Babich, along with Maddie Kiwoom, uh, a challenge, if you will. It is called the Top Dog Dynasty Dogfight. And I've just sent the link into the chat if you guys would like to do it. If you're listening uh, on the podcast version, this is rewards.playerprofiler.com slash top dash dog, D-A-W-G. This is a challenge. It's a free challenge. You can import one of your 12 team or, or deeper leagues into this challenge and you can take on me, you can take on Seth, you can take on Maddie, and you can take on Matt Babich. Uh, it's really cool. It's awesome. Again, it's free. And whoever has the most points by the end of season, we have a leaderboard going. Uh, we've only been running it for two weeks, so it's still wide open. Uh, in fact, and some people have only entered one week, so it, again, still wide open. Whoever has the most points by the end of the season, not named Jason Allwine, Matt Babich, Seth Dewall, Matty Kiwum, will win a signed Saquon Barkley jersey. Again, so a free challenge over on Battle Fantasy. Import your favorite Dynasty teams for free. And take us on. And take us on. All right, real quick, let's check out this playoff picture. Uh, we're just going to check in on this every week from now on. We started looking at it last week. This is it now. Uh, and we've noticed some changes. We noticed some changes. Uh, the NFC has not changed at all. This It's still Eagles, Lions, Niners, Saints, Seahawks, Cowboys, Vikings. Uh, with, you know, the Falcons, Commanders, Buccaneers all kind of lagging in behind. Again, I don't see this changing. I really don't. The only way this changes is if the Falcons end up winning the division from the Saints or the Buccaneers. Like that is the one part of this NFC playoff picture is who wins the NFC South. That is the one thing that can change here. But I don't see the Packers, Rams, Bears, Giants, Cardinals, of course, any of those teams going on enough of a run to knock off either of these wild card teams. I mean, we see the Seahawks, Cowboys, and Vikings all sitting at six wins already. This is the picture for the NFC. But the AFC can still have tons of changes. And as we already noticed, last week it did change. It's the Chiefs, Ravens, Jaguars, Dolphins, Steelers, Browns did not change. 
But this number seven spot is now the Houston Texans as CJ Stroud and the Texans beat the Cincinnati Bengals, who are now right on the bubble with the Colts, the Bills, the Raiders, Chargers, Jets, Broncos. All of those are wide open. I'll say this. While the NFC, I think, is pretty much set in stone, the AFC, like we said last week, still has room to change. I think, of course, the Browns could start to lose some games without Deshaun Watson. That's something to keep your eye on. And then, of course, the Texans, while they're in it right now, they still have a long way to go. So I don't know if they'll make the playoffs. But again, as I've said for a few weeks now, C.J. Stroud is an MVP candidate. If C.J. Stroud brings these Texans to the playoffs, he will win MVP. And I, I, and I would be very upset if he did it. So honestly, I'm going to give a little bit of, if you want to throw 10 bucks on a CJ Stroud MVP ticket, uh, nothing too crazy, you know, but I, I think that that's probably a good one. I have no idea what the odds are, but I think CJ Stroud is really deserving of that award, especially if he can bring the Texas into the playoffs like he's done right now. But I've got to be honest with you. If I see the playoffs and the Bengals aren't in it, or the Bills or the Chargers, then there's some serious issues in the NFL right now. I need to see those teams in there. I hope the Chargers don't make it deep down just so Staley can finally get fired. But I just like Justin Herbert. I want to see him in there. But anyway, the team to keep an eye on in the AFC would be the Browns and the Texans, see if either of those teams fall out and see if it's the Bengals, Colts, Bills, Raiders, Chargers. I mean, any of those teams really could get hot. The Raiders, of course, are hot right now, but they're not necessarily a playoff team. But, you know, the NFL doesn't care. They just care about records at the end of the day. So that's going to be fun to keep our eye on. We'll keep checking in on that week to week here on The Wake of Take. All right, let's answer some questions. I saw what I, I assume was a super chat over here from Max, uh, who asked, thank you so much for the super chat, by the way, Max. I really appreciate you and, and those comments and those dollars. You have a trade on the table. You're sending Justin Herbert and Rasheed Rice from Justin Jefferson uh, to a QB needy team. Brock Purdy would be your quarterback going forward. Do you have any worries for Justin Jefferson? Absolutely no worries for Justin Jefferson at all. Now, I would try, Max, if possible, to see if he would do Brock Purdy and Rasheed Rice and maybe one other piece. I would love, if you could, to work out this trade without sending Justin Herbert, uh, to be completely honest with you. But if you can't do that, then yeah, I think that that is a totally fine move to make, to be completely honest with you. Uh, getting Justin Jefferson in a single quarterback league is a cheat code. And the fact you still have Brock Purdy to kind of take you over the top, um, I think you'll be fine. I think you'll be fine to make that move. You also ask, pick one with stash for real upside rest of season, Michael Wilson, Demario Douglas, or Jaden Reed. I would say out of those three, Michael Wilson has the highest upside Demario Douglas has the best floor and Jaden Reed is the biggest wild card. I just, we've got to see what happens with Jordan Love. I know Jaden Reed has had some big games, but I'm going to do the quarterback bet here and the volume bet and say that Michael Wilson probably has the higher upside out of any of these guys, Max. I mean, he's just the true prototypical um, wide receiver on the Cardinals when really none of the others are. Um, cool. See some other questions here. Amari Cooper or Devontae Adams? Give me Devontae. Would you rather have Laporta or Singletary in your flex? Laporta, just because I assume Damian Pierce will be back while Devin Singletary looked really good. I'm sure Damian Pierce will still get, you know, a decent bit of carries. Uh, and there's not enough running in this offense. I know last week there was, but generally there's not that much rushing volume to go around. Uh, and CJ Stroud hasn't really been checking it off to the running back either. So I think you can uh, roll with Laporta, especially since you said it's half PPR. Get yourself some Laporta in there. You have Montgomery and Warren as your starting running backs. Would you drop... Chuba, Spears, Mitchell, and Fournette to bring A-Chain off the IR. Which one? Probably 
it's got to be either Mitchell or well, actually, honestly, probably just Fournette. Actually, uh, I I would have expected him to be brought off the practice squad at this point, but uh, I I just think I think obviously Derek Henry or Christian McCaffrey have a higher chance to get injured than you know like a James Cook given their a older b have so much volume going their way. So I would I think Spears and Mitchell are both just so valuable handcuffs that you can't really move on from them. Is Michael Thomas droppable? Yes. Yes. Yes, he is. Um, all right. I see some here on Instagram. Gibbs, Monty, Cooper, uh, Dell, or Addison. Choose one wide running back, wide receiver, flex. You've got to start Montgomery. Or sorry, Gibbs and Montgomery. So that's going to be your running back and your flex. At wide receiver, I think I'm going to go with Tank Dell for you, Steve. Strouderboro in week 11. Uh, God, I don't have the matchups off the top of my head, but probably Burrow. Thoughts on Kyron in week 12? If he comes back, I'm not starting Kyron Williams immediately. I think Daryl Henderson is still liked by this coaching staff. Uh, Royce Freeman has been okay. I think that they would probably work Kyron in a bit slower than you would like him to. So I would like to wait a week before I start Kyron Williams. Uh, Goff or Dobbs as your backup for Hertz? Uh, I would trade Goff and keep Dobbs as my backup, but put both on the block and see what you can get. Are you concerned about Jerome Ford now that Watson is done for the year? No. In fact, I am just as uh, whelmed on Jerome Ford as I was, you know, before the Deshaun Watson injury. He's still going to get basically the same amount of volume and I assume the same amount of production. So I'm not too worried about Ford. He's probably the only Brown I'm not worried about anymore. Uh, Would you trade Kenneth Walker for DJ Moore and Pacheco? Yes. Yes, I would, especially with Justin Fields coming back. Uh, would you trade Travis Kelsey and Sam Laporta for Justin Fields, giving you just lost just Deshaun Watson? Uh, yeah, yeah. This is a super flex league. I know it's hard to trade Kelsey, but getting Laporta and Justin Fields for him is an amazing return. Go ahead and do that. Rest of your Kyler Murray or Goff, give me Goff. Give me Goff. Kittle or Laporta? Laporta, just because he seems to be a bit more consistent. Um, is the Browns kicker still worth holding on to? This is a good question, Max. I'm going to go with yes. I think it's very possible that the Browns, like we saw, actually, I want to say with PJ Walker, the Browns kicker had like, that was when he was best off the top of my head. I want to say he had like a six field goal game or whatever. Like he was just kicking field goals left and right because the offense kept sputtering. I think that that's going to be very similar. I think the Browns kicker actually is someone you definitely want to roster. I like it a lot because this defense is going to keep all of these games close and so it play, uh, kick, uh, field goal kicks are going to be important and happen a lot for this offense. So, yeah, go ahead and roster that Browns kicker. All right, guys. Um, cool. Thank you so much for tuning in. This was The Wake and Take. I would be stuck here answering questions all day. Uh, so, But thank you so much for asking them. If I didn't get to your question, uh, you know, tune in tomorrow and maybe I'll get to it. But thanks so much for tuning in. Again, love spending my mornings with you guys. You guys are a fantastic audience, and I hope to see you all tomorrow at 10 a.m. on the Player Profiler, YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok. Have a wonderful Wednesday and a fantastic rest of your week. Peace.